We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we will be discussing esports apparel licensing. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. So all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Zach Sass. Zach is the founder of Sector 6 Apparel. Sector 6 Apparel is an esports brand apparel company specializing in team wear and custom jerseys. He's also the founder of Black Box, as well as the host of the Esports After Hours podcast. He has previously worked as the operations manager for Infinite Esports Merchandise Arm with the former Optic Gaming owners. Zach, thanks for joining us. Wow, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk merch and apparel and you know, everything. Yeah, so you know, to briefly introduce the topic, we're exploring esports apparel licensing. So we're talking about you know the licensing of IP intellectual property, which is, you know, the copyrights and trademarks. So a license is a right to do something. So in this instance, it's a license to kind of make merchandise based on existing IP, such as a logo or a team name. 
The licensor is the party who's issuing the license to another who's the licensee. So in esports, this can be a licensing of a team name or logo or gamer tag or streamer name to create any officially licensed item. So realistically, you know, the license is to make a derivative work based on an existing protected, protected work. So, you know, a unique product design featuring a team's colors. So in this realm, you kind of have clothing, jerseys, hats, T-shirts, you know, hoodies, beanies, really anything you can put a team logo or gamer name on. Then apparel and tech and gaming peripherals. So, you know, sunglasses, watches, controllers, keycaps, headsets, anything kind of featuring a team logo or name. And then all the memorabilia stuff, stickers, posters, mugs, flags, socks, you know, again, anything you can snap and slap a name or logo on. And then you kind of have these really unique one-off capsule collections. You know, you have a Supreme Cloud 9 collaboration and these officially licensed deals where, you know, Nike's making all the NFL jerseys and such. So the license fees associated with these kind of agreements vary substantially. You know, a few of the factors you look at are kind of the length of the, the agreement, the license. Is it a couple of years? Is it a couple of months? And then what is actually licensed? You know, licensing a more valuable tier one logo or like the Rolling Stones logo might be more expensive than, you know, an upcoming streamer's rights. And then you kind of have the territories that are, you have the rights to, which are the different countries, geographic areas, whether it's just U.S. or North America or the entire world. And, you know, these fees kind of vary substantially. It could be, you know, just a flat one-time fee that's paid for the license, or it could be a flat fee that has a royalty or residual payment that you kind of have to pay a certain percentage on each sale of the item. Or it just might be a straight royalty with no upfront fee where you get 20% of all the sales of your team branded product. So, you know, two important concepts, you know, to look at it for licensing agreements are what's called, you know, the sell-off period which essentially lets the licensee, the party making the item, sell off any remaining inventory that they have even after the term ends. So, you know, you get toward the end of an agreement and you have a bunch of optic gaming mouse pads left. So instead of having to destroy them and not sell them, you're able to, you know, have this sell-off period to sell off what you have, the remaining inventory, and you can't create any more. And, you know, there's also kind of balances to these kind of clauses that are called, you know, anti-stockpiling provisions that are essentially meant to prevent the licensee from ordering, you know, a ton of product at the end of the agreement. So, you know, if you're ordering a thousand headsets a month and now you want to order 10,000, that might be stockpiling and, you know, you might do it just because you want to flood the market at the end. And, you know, these are some checks and balances that might be in these agreements. So now that we know a bit more about apparel licensing, Zach, tell us a bit more about your past esports experience. Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> the the vast majority of my esports experience has been, you know, mostly around Sector Six, and you know, I guess building that brand and servicing different uh, teams and organizations and and brands and just entities in the esports and gaming space. Um, you know, that varies. Obviously, <clears throat> you covered what apparel or you know licensing looks like for for esports and gaming but you know there's obviously a, a lot of different opportunities there whether that's like you were saying uh anything from jerseys hats t-shirts hoodies beanies yoga pants etc there's like a, a, a plethora of products we could we could do there um you know uh, but i guess as, as far as my my experience um in in the space it's been you know mostly focusing on figuring out how to best service teams 
um, and, and organizations within the esports industry um, from an apparel side of things, and then you know how to work with them to best sell that product and um, you know I guess elevate the service that we provide to those teams. So tell us a little bit more about Sector Six. You know why'd you create it? And, you know what are you doing with it? Yeah, I mean, so to be totally honest with you, I, I like I really wish I had a more um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess flavorful story here about why I started it, but it was one of those things where just kind of an opportunity presented itself. Um, so back in 2013, 2014, um, I was very into graphic design. I was teaching myself how to, you know, use Photoshop and Illustrator and like the basics. Um, and at one point I tried or started to dabble a little bit in, in Jersey design because it was something I thought was interesting. Um, one thing led to another and I made a connection who was interested in starting um, uh, an, a company and bringing me on basically as a, as the in-house designer. Um, one conversation led to another and we jointly started at the time, what was called esports apparel. Um, you know, obviously since then we've rebranded the company to sector six. Um, a lot of things have changed, uh, between then and now. Um, but you know, to be totally honest with you, like it, it did come off, like we started it kind of on a, or I got involved with it entirely on a whim. Um, but I've always been very interested in starting a business or running a business um sector six slash esports apparel was the first business that i you know self-ran or like got involved with entirely on my own uh prior to that i just had whatever jobs i could like find whether it was in high school or whatever um so yeah i mean that's kind of how it started you know one thing led to another we started off kind of as a hobby um again like i was saying i had a <clears throat> i had a full-time job prior to that i was working for target uh the retailer um, and I, you know, would come home in my free time. We would have conversations about how we could do this, this, and this. And in the beginning, we just offered jerseys. You know, it was very, very, this is our box. If you want to work with us, you have to fit this box. Um, so we would have minimum orders of like six jerseys or whatever. Um, we wouldn't really sell anything online to service the teams. Um, but obviously, as, as time went on, we, we looked to revisit what that looked like for you know, the masses, obviously there are teams that are going to sell or need six to 12 jerseys on a regular basis, but there are a lot of teams that just need one or two, you know, look at the fighting game community or like the Madden community or things like that, where you're just sending one player to an event or two players to an event, depending on the team, the game and the, you know, the, 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 the team. Um, so like I was saying, obviously things expanded from there, but you know, in the beginning it was very much just a hobby. Uh, it was just something we kind of you know, wanted to just do together to build some relationships in the industry and see where it took us. And obviously, uh, six years later, it's now my, you know, full-time focus. So what makes six, Sector 6 unique? What are you guys doing over there? Um, so as far as what makes us unique, um, you know, I guess there's a lot of different ways you could look at apparel and merchandise uh, in the esports community. Uh, so with Sector 6 specifically, what we focus on is uh, to be a... Um, a print-on-demand solution. Like we call ourselves, we try to advertise ourselves as the turnkey print-on-demand solution for merchandise um, and apparel, specifically so apparel what that wear. Uh, so basically, uh, a print-on-demand solution um, is anything that you could print a one-off of. So we don't have everything we forwardly advertise. We don't have a, a minimum quantity that you have to hit to order. So, like I was saying before, back in the day, we would only take orders of six-plus jerseys. Um, since then, we've positioned ourselves to be. Uh, to focus strictly on things that we could produce one of. Obviously, we could produce in bulk too. Um, but what we saw as time went on was, you know, when you're when you're kind of pigeonholing people to purchase six pieces, if they don't need six, what are they going to purchase the extra three for, or whatever the case is? So when we were 
able to start making you know um, a reasonable margin on just printing one and not taking like a major fee for only producing one piece and we were started uh, start to able to offer that we saw um i guess a, a larger influx of teams that were you know either on the just getting started side of things or like middle of the pack kind of it, trying to advance their you know um stance on the industry um or just people who just needed one and two jerseys at a time on a every other month basis whatever the case is um and basically what we started to see is that it was we did a better job the way our position our company was positioned we did a better job servicing the masses um on that small scale versus like servicing a large team that needed you know a hundred couple hundred jerseys on a on a monthly basis or whatever the case is um so that's kind of that's what i think kind of makes us you know a little bit more unique um you know obviously there's different things like turnaround times for us um our design work that we do kind of makes us pretty unique we have our own kind of style um but i think the biggest thing is the fact that we provide a one-off solution for every product we advertise so essentially a team can come to you with your know, logo or their concept for a jersey and you'll help them create one and actually print it uh yeah exactly so the the way the process will look is a team will come you know on our website you know they'll hit us up on so, some social media platform a customer service channel whatever it is um and basically we'll have the conversation about you know what are you looking for what are you guys looking to do with this once it's designed are you looking to sell are you looking just to purchase internally you know we have that conversation we figure out what's best going to suit them so whether that's just a jersey or you know the full package of jersey shirt hat hoodie etc um you know we we figure that out then we figure out what that's going to cost on the design side of things and then we'll work with um or we'll you know they'll we'll figure out that price like i was saying and then we'll link them up with one of our designers and the designer will work back and forth with them um and then you know the the uh the the client or the potential partner or whoever we're working with in this situation will either send us over a full-on brief of what they want with examples say they like this jersey this jersey they hate this jersey this jersey you know they want black is the main color scheme, a little bit of blue trim, whatever. Um, our team will go based off that. And then, you know, I guess they could provide us as much as they want as far as detail goes or as little as they want. And then our team can kind of just take a shot in the dark type thing. But, you know, obviously the more info, the better. And then we go back and forth. We, we complete that design work. The, the, the client will approve it and then we'll go from there, you know, and then they decide whether or not they want to sell it publicly or just house it internally. And then, you know, they just utilize us as a manufacturing warehouse and we just print as needed. Um, but that's kind of what the, and then obviously there's recurring business there. So if, um, if uh, like I was saying, if the client needs something this month and then in three months, they need another set of jerseys for another team or, you know, roster changes and things like that. Um, and then obviously if they want to sell on, on the website, it, they would push their fan base to it, their community or whatever the case may be um, to a, basically a storefront on our website. Um, and that, that's, you know, in a, in a nutshell, what a typical relationship will look like between a client and sector six, obviously there's some more involved, um, relationships that we have, whether it's a little bit more handholding or involvement or back and forth or like, um, constructive or collective brainstorming on like what we could do to advance their current line. But, you know, I guess that's a the pretty much a standard breakdown of what it looks like. So if they have a if they didn't have a logo, would you guys help them design one, or do you really have to come to you kind of with logo and colors? So we don't do logo work just because um, there's a lot of work that goes into logo work, um, both time from a time standpoint and like at the end of the day monetarily. 
Um, our team is not suited to do logo work. Can we, you know, sometimes yes, but it's not something we forwardly advertise. Um, you know, in, in the best case scenario, a team is going to come to us with a logo um, just because, you know, uh, our, our team is better suited to work with uh, pre-existing identity versus creating an identity. Sure. Um, and that's just, I guess that's just the way the business is focused. So like, you know, uh, we really strive on like, enhancing your identity and putting your identity on a jersey as opposed to creating one and then building something around it okay cool so do you guys work with any you know professional gamers or streamers as well or is it merely teams and orgs yeah so i mean in the beginning um you know back in the day we strictly worked with competing esports teams so that was it it was like anybody going to mostly call of duty events um obviously things changed from there um you know we I guess as a as our our major focus is jerseys and basically sublimated performance gear, or we call it our on stage gear or our pro gear, you know whatever terminology you want to use. Um, the need for those types of products isn't exactly high for call it a a streamer or an individual. They're mostly looking for your um, you know like call it streetwear or casual wear, more your t shirts, hoodies, hats. Um, so our while our, our core product doesn't necessarily cater to them or like entice that type of individual creator, we still service a ton of individual creators and um, streamers and and, you know, one off players or whatever the case may be, um, you know, whether that's a T-shirt hoodie hat with their logo on it or, you know, we create a, a capsule collection with them or with a, a little bit more involved than just their logo. Um, so I guess the short answer is yes, but at the same time, you know, it's a little bit different than working with like, um, I know you mentioned before, like a Supreme and Cloud9 kind of collaboration. So it's a little bit different to like what Supreme would do if they collaborated with somebody. And it's more of us being like a service provider for um, a content creator who's looking to sell their own merchandise. Okay, so like, yeah, so if I'm, you know, a gamer or a streamer who has his own logo or to make like my own jersey so that you can wear what I'm wearing, they could come to you and, you know, you could help them print this stuff and sell it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. So, I mean, I think that that's, you know, very, you know, unique and important because as someone who's worked in kind of the promotions and advertising side of, you know, the music and lifestyle industry world, people that can, you know, make t-shirts and hats and get your logo on things at a cost efficient and time, you know, sensitive manner is extremely important. And, you know, being in the esports world, there haven't, at least in my knowledge, been that many companies that seem to be able to be this kind of total turnkey operation where, yeah, you may come to me with a logo, but that doesn't mean you have any idea about the trims and where you want to place sponsors and their name and fonts to use. And, you know, it seems to me that you guys really help hold these team owners hands so that they can do it properly and present the best jersey that represents them. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say that we like by any means attempt to like pigeonhole uh, team owners or anything like that into like a specific cut or style. Like, you know, uh, at the end of the day, our first and most important focus is the satisfaction of the the client or the, the customer purchasing a jersey as a fan or whatever the case is. Um, so while we do have, you know, insight in the, the years of experience that we have designing and producing these products, um, we still do, you know, everything within our capabilities to to make those people happy. So, for example, if they want to go against trend um, or do something entirely different, we always will recommend something that has worked in the past or something that we have experience with. But, you know, like I was saying, if they want to go against trend, you know, as long as it makes sense for us to physically do it, we do those things, too. 
There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all the UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's word BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So I know that you also host a very interesting podcast. So tell us a little bit more about that. You know, why'd you start it? Yeah, so, um, ooh, what was it? I want uh, So early last year, I want to say March or April, um, maybe earlier, uh, I was invited to be on, on like my first podcast as a guest. Um, his, his name is Clayton Taylor. He brought me on his podcast. Um, I think it was, I think it's called the eyesight podcast. Uh, so it was my first one. He interviewed me. I thought this was really cool. I like talking. I was always, you know, very afraid to be in front of a camera, um, and like act or create content or things like that. Uh, but when I was on my first, this, this podcast, I was like, I really enjoyed talking. Um, maybe this is something for me. So I, you know, started putting the pieces together in my head, figured out, you know, what, um, direction I'd like to take that, you know, what makes sense for me? Do I want to talk to like, like a, a self podcast where I'm just talking or do I want to interview people or do I want to have a co-host or what does that look like? Um, and something that's always, you know, piqued my interest the past two or three years at this point has been like the business side of esports. Um, so what I, what my podcast is, is it's right now it's a mix because I'm trying to broaden it a little bit, but originally started off as just a one-to-one conversation where I'm interviewing people within the the esports industry, whether you're, you know, a streamer, a content creator, a lawyer, um, you know, a a team owner, um, whatever the case is, if you, you work in a a competing brand or whatever, you know, whatever you do in the esports space, I, my idea was to interview everybody and everybody to kind of shed some light on what goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, like everybody sees when a hundred thieves announces a new, um, what's it called investor. Uh, but not everybody sees all the work that goes into things like that. So my idea was to have those conversations about the, you know, within the legality of it, um, within the, or to talk about a little bit more of like the nitty gritty that goes into all that work. Um, so that's a concept there. Right now I'm looking to kind of broaden it a little bit to be a a little bit more than just that. Um, I've been doing a couple like group podcasts that are like digital panels is what the concept is but um that's not as fleshed out as what the original idea was um but that's kind of what it is it's you know there's a focus on the business side of esports um it's very much interview based or around the horn conversations um just about the esports and gaming space in general great so how do you prepare for an episode to be totally honest with you the first ep- the first like four episodes i did um you know i guess the first one it uh like i overhyped myself too much um, I, I put together this this question list that I was asking. Um, I interviewed my uh, one of the designers for Sector Six, Mitchell, um, and I like choked up isn't the right word, but I couldn't get into it. Like I couldn't figure out where to start. Um, I was very nervous is probably the right word. Um, so I over prepared for that one, and like it felt very weird to me because I felt like I was following a script. And then ever since I think the second one I did with Josh. Um, the co-owner of Sector Six. We, after that one, I kind of started doing them more off the cuff. So I'd make like a standard topic list, like literally. Um, you know, I don't remember the, the most recent one specifically, but if you're like an organization owner, it's like your team. 
what is your what is the team about? We talked to the team. You know, your previous experiences. What is that? You know, any interesting topics that I know is going to come up or I want to bring up with that person. It's going to be quick, like one line notes. And that's pretty much what my preparation is. I really like the off the cuff conversations um, because I feel it's a little bit more authentic. Um, I don't really like to have a certain expectation. And that's just for me because I don't I sometimes feel like I kind of sound um, like I'm either rehearsing or it's like not staged, but you know what I'm getting at. It's like I'm trying to keep it authentic, I guess. Uh, so that's it's very off the cuff for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely someone who's kind of took a similar route as I was a guest on a bunch of them. And then I was like, okay, well, I think I could do this, you know, and then I started to do it and kind of develop how I've kind of approached it where I've kind of, you know, researched them, found what I wanted to highlight. And, you know, the conversation flows, but, you know, I like kind of having this, okay, these are the kind of things I want to discuss. This is kind of how it makes sense chronologically. And, you know, but if someone starts talking about something that you're thinking you're talking about later, then you kind of, shifting you know it's like a more and it's like a morphing thing where it's like this is the plan but depending on how the conversation goes you can start talking about something totally different yeah and i noticed i guess with my like i was saying with the first one that i did with mitchell um i had a, a a question list and you know we got the topic four before i covered two and i never circled back and i got like i confused confused myself in the middle of the episode and i couldn't transition so like i guess one of the biggest things that I've taken away from this whole experience of like podcasting is the ability to steer a conversation and to bounce back from anything that I like, I tie myself up with. Um, so I'm, you know, if I redid that podcast, I wouldn't have the same issue. If like he did the exact same thing and I like had the, ex- the experience and knowledge of like talking, I guess that I do now, I would have done a little bit better. Um, but obviously, you know, that comes with time. Um, but yeah, like I, I totally, I mean, I guess for this podcast specifically, I really enjoyed having an idea of what you're going to talk through, the questions you're going to ask and all that. So definitely something that I'm going to consider going forward. Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, especially my own stance, I'm definitely not trying to be a gotcha journalist or try to yeah. surprise people with things. So especially more of the high, fro- high profile people, they kind of want to know what you're going to be talking about. They want, mm-hmm. you know, I know when I'm on as a guest, I want to maybe prepare a couple notes just so I like can keep my focus on, you know, these are four things that I want to kind of talk about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Someone like me who's been doing this for, you know, a decade, there's so much to talk about and I could talk about anything. I'm a lawyer. Like I get paid to talk so yeah. <laughs> forever. Yeah. I hear that. So, you know, just to kind of, you know, bring everything together. I know that you have started this company black box. So tell us what that is. Yeah. So, um, I guess, I mean, uh, at this point, there there aren't really any secrets with what the company is uh, publicly right now. It's a um, it's a subscription based creative agency. Uh, so basically, what the idea is, if you're a esports team or an organization, or you're in the esports community in any you know facet, you would come to Black Box and you'd work with us on a. In most cases, the idea is like a, a one to three month term, um, but we have a six month term option as well, and I think a yearly one. Um, but basically we provide you with unlimited graphic assets within, you know, uh, a certain set of parameters. So like we wouldn't do unlimited logo work, um, for the, for the, um, retainer fee or the subscription fee. Um, but things like that are pretty big in the esports space, so like social media assets, you know, your Twitter headers, your YouTube banners, things like that, scorecards, exactly. uh, type of like static assets. Um, those are all the things that we'll provide on a, on an unlimited capacity. Um, 
you know, but I guess the caveat is that it works in a queue-based system. So if you come knocking on our door, you set up, uh, you put in 100 requests on day one, our team will work through that in the order that it comes through. Um, so, you know, the, we, we, we can't like reallocate everybody to work on one. Um, it's all a queue-based system to keep it fair, I guess, is the best way to describe that. Um, but past that, what Blackbox originally, you know, that, that was kind of something that evolved during the curation of what Blackbox is. Um, but for me, I've always had a, a deeply rooted interest in like social media um, and like the advancement of a brand via social media and like marketing in general. Um, and I want to say three or four years ago, uh, I had this idea that I wanted to start a social media agency, um, not specific to esports. At the time, it was I was going to talk to local companies, restaurants, pizza places, whatever it was, like a, a lawyer's office. And I would just help get them involved in social media. The idea was I would go there, collect a paycheck, tweet on their Twitter accounts or whatever other social media accounts that there are. Um, you know, and then, like I said, collect a paycheck and help build their presence. Um, you know, one thing led to another. I built out what that company brand looked like, the name, the concepts, all that. And then it kind of went a little stagnant. We started focusing a little bit more about uh, a little bit more on Sector 6. I moved out to Texas. You know, that kind of went on the back burner. Um, once we got settled here, I felt that I had a lot more time on my hands and I wanted to revisit that concept. But I wanted to bring it into esports because I felt a lot more passionate about the community than I did three years prior. Um, so basically what black box is the esports version of that originally, what the concept was to bring it in and be a, a social media marketing agency. Um, you know, obviously one thing led to another, we push right now forwardly, we push the, the creative side of things. Um, and like that, like I was saying before that unlimited graphic package. Um, but here in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, we're, we haven't fully fleshed out what the product offering is going to be, but you know, end end goal of what Black Box will be is like a, you know, an all-in-one solutions agency where, you know, somebody either starting a brand new organization, um, working to advance their current, you know, solution, but they don't want to bring on a marketing manager or whatever the case is, they would come to us and we would figure out what they need to advance their brand. And our team will figure out, you know, based on that input, what, you know, what we need to do to get them to the level that they're trying to get to. Um, so. I mean, I love it. I mean, now now that you're you brought the whole picture together, so we have you know Sector Six and Zach here. Who, if you have your team that's coming up, Tier Two, Tier Three, you know someone's trying to start their brand and do it right. You get your jerseys, your hats, your hoodies, and you get your graphics done for your social media. You get all those good good game, well played logos. These are signing logos. You know, this mm-hmm. is the time that we're streaming. And as someone who worked, you know, in house with an esports organization for a couple months, I kind of saw the other side where it's like, okay, we're, we're signing these new guys. we got to get the new headers and, you know, the announcement graphic. And a lot of it is really just changing names and making sure everything spells correctly. And it's very time sensitive mm-hmm. and being able to come to someone who is like, okay, like the, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're playing. So at 2 PM on those days, you know, 20 minutes before the game, we want to tweet out this, you know, we're live in an hour. And then five minutes, you know, a minute before we want to say we're going live now. And to yeah. have someone who can help create the graphics and manage the actual post going live, as well as creating your jerseys, it just kind of really flows all together. Yeah. Um, so I guess the the specificity around Black Box is um, it's very much like there, there are a ton of marketing and media and creative agencies in 
the world um and then obviously specifically to esports there are a ton of like your top tier talent that focuses on those things you know that are working with your team liquids either silently or publicly um those tier of of organizations and brands but where i like the concept behind black box was to position it in a similar position to that of sector six um as far as the potential clientele and you know who we our ideal client is going to be you know we're, we're not we're not aiming to land a six-figure deal with your team liquid we're, we're aiming to land you know a you know i guess a, depending on the services we, we provide end goal is like a three to five figure deal um you know uh, whether it's a month-to-month contract or a year-long contract whatever it is um you know that's kind of where our focus is we want to lay you know a little bit lower focus on helping build brands and, and build them up versus you know uh maintaining something that's already well established um so that's kind of where i think they'll you know i guess long term hopefully they'll kind of complement each other a little bit obviously they're two separate companies um but you know that's kind of where that mindset is on as far as you know wh- who we're catering to well you know i see it if i was starting a team now and i needed to get jerseys and hats and hoodies and get my social media assets create like that this would be where I would go. And, you know, I think that as someone, like I said, who's been in the industry and help, you know, whether it's in housing a team or I have clients that actually, you know, have started their own teams and I've helped them with the paperwork, whether it's getting, you know, the contracts for their players and their coach or actually, you know, helping them trademark the team name and copyright their logo and set up the LLC and corporation stuff. Mm-hmm. We're like, they need people that can help them with, you know, the other stuff, the merchandising and making sure that everything looks on point, especially when this is such a digital space where like if you don't have an amazing digital presence and an active one, you're going to have a really hard time succeeding as an organization. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in like um, something that somebody had said to me on a podcast a while back was you're only as relevant as the last thing you put um, like out digitally, which I like. I, like you're not going to become irrelevant if you don't do anything, like if you don't post to Twitter, but at the same time, like as far as what the community thinks about an organization, if somebody just kind of falls off the face of the planet and isn't posting anything anywhere, people are just going to think that they're, they're dormant or they're gone or whatever. So somebody's a lot more like a, a person is naturally going to want to be a fan of work with work for whatever the, you know, situation might be with a, with a brand or organization that is, you know, active to an extent, like, obviously you don't want to be super, super spammy or anything like that, but, you know, once or twice a day, you want to be, you know, I guess, catering to the people that are following you on social media accounts for whatever reason that they are. And then, you know, I think, I think that's super valuable in the long term. So what's the future of sector six? Where is he, where are you going from? Um, so uh, the future of sector six, like, so I guess like, Back way back, like obviously our, our 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 major future was to make this a full time thing. Obviously, this is it is what it is now. Um, we have some, I guess, expansion plans right now. We do all of our production in North America, with the exception of like a few things. Um, our, we're looking towards like a, a global expansion. That's probably our next major step. Um, candidly, it was something that we were working on prior to this whole you know uh, COVID nineteen mm-hmm. situation. Um, so. You know, right now, I mean, I guess right now, the future of Sector 6 looks like let's get through what we're dealing with right now. And then past that, uh, the, our biggest next goal is to focus on like global expansion. Um, you know, there, there are definitely some other things that we have toyed with, but nothing that we're 100% set in stone on chasing, I guess, yet. But, you know, right now we, we want to continue to be 
a leading you know, provider of merchandise and apparel in the esports industry um, and continue to provide one-off solutions for the teams that are, you know, most interested in getting, you know, something for something of substance to sell or to have for their fans and their, their community. Awesome. So, you know, I like to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? Oh, this is so if you it's funny, like if you would have asked me this question, and the answer I'm going to give you right now, if I would have like even thought that that would be an answer like three years ago, I would have laughed at you. But right now, my favorite game to watch is is definitely League of Legends. And I don't I don't know what it is about it. I think it is like the chess factor of like, you know, what do you what does Team X do when Team Y does this and like how people react to that. Um, but I think it's definitely League of Legends first and then with a like second place closely with uh, of Counter-Strike. But you know, as as so Valorant just came out, so as this becomes competitive, um, that may come up there a little bit more, um, and compete with those two. But right now, definitely League, um, and uh, Counter Strike. Awesome. So, you know, what's your favorite games to play? Um, lately, I've been playing a lot of Warzone and Rocket League. Um, although I'm not very good at either. Um, I I used to be a lot better at video games than I than I am now. Um, but. You know, I guess I right, real over. world hits and you have to stop playing video games all That's day. Exactly. That and like working in the esports space, you just have I don't want to say like I have less of an interest in playing video games, but like there are definitely times where I'm around, you know, League of Legends or Call of Duty so much. The last thing I want to do is turn on Call of Duty um, or uh, on the flip side, like I'm sitting in front of my setup, especially now um, working for so long the last thing i want to do is like finish up work and then turn a game on because i'm like sitting down i need like need to go do something um but you know here lately i guess with the working from home situation i have been playing a little bit more um so lately it's been a lot of rocket league and like Warzone. um still waiting on that valorant key though hmm. awesome so you know who's your favorite you know video game character mario luigi pikachu that's i know that's... i give the brain busters at the end Dude, yeah, these are the hardest questions. <laughs> um, oh, that's tough, man. Um, this one, so I'm, I don't consider myself like an old gamer, but I definitely played a lot of the, the older games. So I don't, you know, I don't know your audience skews age-wise, but like one of my all-time favorites is probably, it's probably in between like Spyro, um, <laughs> if you ever played Spyro the Dragon, because uh, yep. that game just you know, always kind of resonated with me. Um, and like, uh, I guess the collective of Ratchet and Clank, um, you know, those are my two favorite games as a kid. Uh, so probably one of them would be my, my favorite all time video okay. game characters. Okay. You know, our, our audience is kind of all over the place. So yeah. we have old school guys and people that are, you know, fresh out the pen. So we kind of <laughs> have people that love Fortnite and actually love, you know, those old games. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was, you know, very insightful. So where can everyone find you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> on social media, all of my handles are just my first, I guess my nickname, I guess, and last name. It's just Z-A-C-K-S-A-S-S. And that I'm pretty sure is every social media handle um, that I'm on has that handle. So you, you can get me there. And uh, I'd love to talk, whether it's apparel or esports in general, I like to talk to new people. Um, so I'm, I like to make myself as, as reachable as possible. So if anybody ever wanted to reach out and chat, you could get me there and check out sector six apparel. They got some really cool, you know, team logos and merch. So if you're looking for a cool team, especially in these, 
months that you're trying to follow and learn a bit more about the scene, you know, you might just find something that piques your interest. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, thanks everybody again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q. That's Justin J E S Q. Check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.